What's going on, y'all? We are back. We're back. What's going on? What's up? What's happening? I'm Aaron. I'm Brittany. And this is another installment of your favorite podcast and mine, Surviving the Hood. Now, I need to preface by saying... Here we go. ...that we have a special guest over in the crib who decided <laughs> that she must be awake for this episode. So she has a bottle, and uh, she's doing the bottle dance over there. She has... Lots of noises that she's making, and she is currently doing acrobatics while drinking her bottle. So Listen, there that, she is. That milk be hitting, especially at <laughs> she said, mm, especially yes. at a good a good two seventeen in the morning, two a.m. You know, it's it's hitting. <laughs> it's a great bottle. Mm, yes. Oh so God. Listen, she she over there in the crib. You know what I'm saying? She's in the crib, y'all. She in a crib. Holla. Okay, let's get back on topic. What, All right. what are we going to be talking about today? All right, so today we're talking about having neurodivergent kids. Mm, so what does that okay. mean? So for those of you that don't know, neurodivergent is basically someone who uh, thinks and their their brain is wired differently yeah. than a neurotypical person. Neurotypical meaning somebody who... Kind of just gets it. Neurodivergent is the flip side. So it's I mean, I wouldn't say neurodivergent than... people don't get it. It's more so okay. Neurodivergent, I would say, are pe- your people on the spectrum. Yeah. So think people that do things differently and that their brains are wired differently. Yeah. And that, that, that well, I kind of already kind of prefaced that, but. Um, we have neurodivergent kids, so we decided that we were going to discuss it. At least two. So the ones that we know are neurodivergent have the, not necessarily signs and symptoms of a neurodivergent person, but they display certain behaviors mm-hmm. that go along with people that are on the spectrum yeah. and certain things that they do, certain quirks that they have and mm-hmm. things that make them unique. No hate. This is all something that a lot of people deal with. Even people that aren't neurodivergent deal with some of these issues. True. So tonight we're talking about neurodivergent kids. Yes. And those of us who parent neurodivergent kids. So um, just getting into it. Uh, we have at least a few of our children that um, display certain neurodivergent um not necessarily tasks, but neurodivergent quirks, mm-hmm. uh, like our son. He uh, has been diagnosed with autism, and there's certain things that he does on like a daily basis that kind of lead to him being neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. What are some of those things? Let's specify. So let's take it back to like... When he was younger, because I feel like he yeah, displayed more of those things when he was younger. Um, because if if you look at Jackson, I bet most of you don't even know that he is autistic. Um, if you would look at Jackson now, you probably would have no idea. It's been a long but time as a, coming. Yeah. And a lot of training. And... As a four-year-old boy who 
was in the midst midst of getting a diagnosis, mm-hmm. you absolutely would know. So three and four was very difficult for Jackson. Um, there were lots of signs and symptoms there. Like he struggled with um, being, um, I guess he struggled with how to properly uh, communicate. He struggled with expressing his feelings, how to sp- express his feelings. Um, when he was overwhelmed, he would hurt people in a way like, like, um, when he was two, he was a biter. Oh yeah. I remember them days. Um, when he, he didn't know boundaries, mm-hmm. um, when he wanted to play with kids, he, he didn't proper, properly pr- play with kids. He would like grab their hand and yank them and didn't realize that he was hurting them and mm-hmm. um he just wanted to play with them and so there's just so many signs he was very repetitive in the things that he would do um there's so many signs he would get overwhelmed very easily um lots of outbursts and behavior mm-hmm. um but then we put him into occupational therapy mm-hmm. and different things And so now you'd never even know that he's even autistic. I mean, he still has his moments, fixations, things Mm -hmm. like that. But you wouldn't even, if you just met him on the street, you'd never even know that he was autistic. So those of you that do know our son, we basically, here are some ways that you can tell that he's neurodivergent. Now, um, there's been... if I can... But in for just a second, I want you guys also to like this isn't a negative thing. Like no. having neuro no, neuro no, no, neurodivergent kids is actually like the coolest thing. Yeah, like we love having neurodivergent kids. It's such it makes our family dynamic unique, and I love that. Like, I honestly, I mean, I consider myself neurodivergent because I have pretty severe ADHD, um, and I struggle with um sensory issues mm-hmm. myself and mm-hmm. so and Jackson also has sensory processing disorder mm-hmm. and um so I also low muscle tone as well so, and we'll get to that in a second yeah so I consider myself neurodivergent so you know us having all these things that we deal with are you know it's not a negative thing like we it just makes our family unique mm-hmm. and I love that about us like it it just makes us different and mm-hmm. that's okay different yeah. is different isn't a bad thing different is never a never bad a bad thing. thing it's it's cool it's unique and that's it and makes it just, you who you are yeah yeah and so. if you if you didn't have those quirks about yourself then you wouldn't be the same person that you are you'd be somebody different yeah okay so low muscle tone i i, I touched on that a second ago low muscle tone is basically when your body overcompensates mm-hmm. for certain types of reactions or actions that you do um, on a normal daily basis. So say I went to go like high five my friend, right? And I'm say I'm a, a neurodivergent person. With I would go yeah with low muscle tone. So I would go to high five them, and then because of the fact that my body had low muscle tone my body would overcompensate for my lack of strength and basically make me push that high five really super duper hard into that other person and probably hurt them with my high five, either slapping them really right. hard and you didn't or know like that making you were their hand hurt. It. Yeah, and 
I had no clue that I was doing this. So I would think that it's a normal high five and then they would draw their hand back and start rubbing on it and say, ow, because it was too hard of a hit. Right. Something like that. Certain types of situations like that happen a lot with people that have low muscle tone. And like even, you know, just showing a, a warm embrace, just hugging somebody. Sometimes they would hug them too hard or for too long mm-hmm. because of the fact that their body is overcompensating for that lack of yeah. the muscle tone that they have. So when Jackson was little, he that's exactly what would happen. He would want to grab kids' hands all the time. He's very We're a very affectionate family. Yeah. We love to He's hug. He's a lover and, and a hugger. We love to hug and cuddle and all these things. And Jackson would always love to hug his friends, and he would hug them too, too tight. Hard. Or he would grab their hands, and he would grab them really hard and didn't realize that he was doing that. And there were so many times kids would come up to me Jackson hurt me and and it wasn't like he was trying to he just didn't know that he was Mm -hmm. and so he was just trying to love them and so then we had all these all these people come up to me and like teachers or um kids pastors would be like how about we just do this whole new policy of no touching each other and (laughs) okay every time we dealt with that it was so crazy man but I mean I I understood anyway. It's fine. You know, it didn't bother me that that was that was set in place. I mean, it was probably a good thing anyway, but um it just gave us a really it helped us to It opened our eyes. Yeah, but it also was like I was able to really teach Jackson better ways to love people. Mm-hmm. So other ways to love people. And then later on down the road, I'm kind of like jumping all over the place. Later on down the road, we had um we had Journey, and then we had Joe. Now, Joe is our second daughter, and yeah. we're starting to see... Well, she's she just turned five, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, in Jyra's early stages... Jaira has things to hey, talk about. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, you scared her. Sorry. Listen. <laughs> she jumped. Drink Hi, Jai. <laughs> you, you, you be quiet over there. So, <laughs> uh, so Joe... Um, As she started to get a little older and started to, like, kind of figure herself out, we noticed that she would do certain things Mm -hmm. that were pointing more toward the neurodivergent and Mm -hmm. um, low muscle tone types of situations. She's also doing um, very repetitive behaviors and sensory issues. One of the biggest things that I absolutely love about her is... She's a hugger, and she will hug the air out of your lungs. Yes, which I I she love loves, it because that that shows her passion. Here's the thing: a lot of kids that, um, a lot of times when kids are have sensory processing disorder, a lot of kids who are autistic have sensory processing disorder on top of being autistic. And when you have sensory processing dis- disorder, you are either a sensory seeker or a sensory avoider. Mm-hmm. Now, Jackson was a sensory avoider. Yeah. So that meant that he did not like loud noises. He did not like... Um, was it fight, flight, and fear? No, that's a totally different thing. No? Okay. So he did not like um, loud noises. He did not like okay. certain type of okay. touches. He, he avoided <clears throat> those sensory things. With Joe... She finds those things. And so Joe likes mm-hmm. to be squeezed. Mm-hmm. And she likes to be hugged. And mm-hmm. um, she likes situations. to touch things. Now, she does not like loud noises. Yeah. 
loud noises make her very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So she's a seeker and an avoider. An avoider. In, in a certain sense. Yeah. It depends so, on the situation. going back to the flight fighter fear, Jackson, when he was younger, when he would get overwhelmed, kids with autism or who are neurodivergent, mm -hmm. they go into flight, fight, or fear. So they're e either going to flee from the situation. Run away. They're going to get really scared and probably cry. Mm -hmm. Or true. they're going to fight. Yeah. And, and Jackson fought. <laughs> there's a hitting, there's a biting, kicking, punching, yeah, scratching. Yeah, that was Jackson. That's also Joe. <laughs> yes. Joe. Yeah. I, I joke about this because of the fact that I, I kind of try to see the, the light in it. And I don't necessarily mean to make fun of it, but sometimes I do. Just, I don't know. I, so I like to say that Joe Joe will cut you and then look at you and wonder why you're you're upset. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! She'll, she'll beat you up, man. But I mean, you do know, not she cross usually, Joe. That's we're yeah. trying. I will say, yeah. okay, we we laugh about it, but really, we are really trying to teach Joe. Here's the thing. <laughs> okay, so you know how. Um, you know how people like struggle with or people will have um what are they called people have impulsive thought mm. no impulsive thoughts is that what they're called mm -hmm. intrusive thoughts intrusive, intrusive thoughts, thoughts. Okay. joel lives has intrusive In thoughts of intrusive and then acts thoughts. on them immediately yes. so <laughs> Neurotypical people, they'll have an intrusive thought, but they won't act on it. Joe will have an intrusive thought and fully act on it. So, like, with for no problem. Like, okay, I'll give you a, a perfect example. No I, sense of like consequence. Just screw it. World, here it is. Bam. I will give you, you a perfect example. As a neuro neurotypical person myself, there have been times in my brain, my brain has said, "Punch them." <laughs> but as as a as someone who has self-control, I did not do it. Mm -hmm. Joelle, no, no. Her brain <clears throat> says punch them and she will They're immediately punch them. It's punched. <laughs> there it is. So you got it. we are learning the fruits of the spirit in our house. That is the number one thing we're trying to teach our kids. And not and to so punch people when you think We about are learning self-control. And so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. she hasn't got it yet. But not one day. Yet. We're working one day. on it still. But you have it's to think, progress. though, I I give her lots of grace because I know how Jackson was at five. Mm -hmm. And so I know even though this was, was very this is such a very difficult stage of life for her. And it's very trying for us to like, why aren't you getting this? Like, just live out the fruits of the spirit. Let's just just love each other. Have self-control. I have to remember Jackson at three, four and five was so much worse than this yeah jackson jackson liked jackson to just really run struggled and his one of his favorite things <clears> to do <throat> was he would run and then if he ever got in a jackson situation no in the public i remember I going mean, it was to church really rough. okay story time first couple of times that like we hung out and like we were still in the dating process <laughs> Yeah, yes, Daddy's talking. I'm, it's me. Jaira said, "My turn to speak." I was well, there. I remember. Hold on, wait a minute. Don't you, wait your turn. So, <laughs> um, we would meet up and then we would go to church. Now this is Sunday morning. We were still in the dating phase. She said, Amen. And 
Brittany had introduced me to Jackson. She was comfortable enough around me to be able to let me into her world. Mm -hmm. So, met Jackson. We went to church. 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 So, at the time, we were going to church, and this the church that we were going to um, had a really big, like, open sanctuary with lots of room, not a whole lot of chairs or pews, and they had a lot of, like, certain types of performers that were doing certain things while the praise and worship was going on. They had praise dancers. Yeah, they had praise dancers, and then they also had uh, flag, people that would, flag like... People. Yeah, and flag people. I think there was a lady that Pentecostal, was you know what painting, that is. There was a painter, yeah. Like, prophetic painting or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Jackson saw all of these things, thought they were absolutely just the best thing on the world, or in, in his world. But and you also have would, to think for an autistic child, which we did not really, he, we did not know he was autistic, yeah, how at the time we overwhelming had no all of these things are. There's lots of yes. lights, the yep. music's very lights, loud, music. there's people everywhere, yep. people twirling flags. Mm-hmm. If you're Pentecostal... Folks are um, running you, around. And people are running around. You also, the there's a lady who had a chauffeur. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, so she that was horn. blowing the horn. People are painting. So it's think of lot. how he was so overwhelmed and that baby took off. He would run full he speed. He would run. Didn't matter where. So that's he all we would do. Direction. The whole church service was you know, chase him. We would chase Jackson. During worship service. Jackson, come here. Jackson, come yep. here. Buddy, come here. Yep. Come here. And then during... Huh? huh? That was it. Huh? And what? then during the sermon, we would attempt to take him... Now, this you weren't always there. Yeah. Because you would come and visit every now and then because yeah. he lives in Cincinnati, obviously, because this is when we were dating. Mm-hmm. So, during the sermon, a lot of times, I would take him to the nursery. Mm-hmm. I was there for a couple of times. And there were a lot of kids in there. Yep. A lot of noise. Mm-hmm. A there massive actually, open space. There were a couple of kids in there that were also neurodivergent and possibly autistic, but I don't know if they knew about it back then. They but they did a lot of Not the similar like things at Jackson. Was, yes, true. His was a little more and I only say like, not to compare children, but and I and this is why I say this because Jackson had to be taken out, and I had to sit out with him in the hall and watch the TV in the hallway mm-hmm. because Jackson bit a child several times while we were there. Mm-hmm. But so, it was because of the fact that he was overwhelmed and he didn't know how to express yeah, himself yeah. in this situation. Yeah. Now he didn't. He didn't have self control. <laughs> through the years that I was in his life when he was really young, and we were figuring out that he had autism and that he needed certain types of therapies and to work with a, a behavioral therapist to figure out or to help him to figure out mm-hmm. how to express himself. Over the years, while he had the therapies <laughs> and things that he went through, I hear you. He. Got it. He figured it out. Mm-hmm. He figured that uh, the actions that he was displaying were negative actions. Mm-hmm. You can't hit people. You can't bite people. You use your words. You don't use your hands. You have what they call nice hands. Yes, positive there, There's so many different things that go along with having neurodivergent kids and being able to teach them stuff. 
and for them to be able to get it and have mm-hmm. it click in their heads so that they understand that, yes. you know, there's there's ways to go about getting things that you want, getting attention, uh, asking for stuff, mm-hmm. because there's there's so many different things that go along with each one of those statements that I just stated. Like if they wanted something instead of yelling and screaming or yeah. they don't react to yelling and screaming, not saying physical or actual words, just be like, ah, ah, for a hot dog or like I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. They had to go through the process of yeah. learning that, OK, I don't do this, but somebody gave me this idea and I can use this to get what I want. Yeah. If I'm hungry, I have to use my words. And, you know, not pull somebody's hair right? to let them know that I want something to eat or something to drink or a bottle, depending on how old they are. Uh, because there are kids that are, like, really young that deal with this. And then there are kids that are a little older and the parents just kind of figured it out and they understood their kid. And they might have even had, like, a whole different language that they spoke or, like, certain signs that the kids would display that Mm -hmm. meant they were hungry or they were tired or they wanted something or you know i hear you jai jai shh shh, (laughs) wait i'm gonna let hold on i'm gonna let you speak i'm gonna let you speak you just gotta wait your turn this podcast is the best though um yeah that that's what i was saying i know i know that's what i was saying so so she's the comedy relief for this episode (laughs) So yeah, like we we had to figure all of this out. We went to an actual. <laughs> Listen, she is throwing me all the way off. And I, I love it because it's funny. Hey, you stop it. This is called parenting. This, this is, parenting. is it. Yes. <laughs> she said, "I'm here. You gonna hear me? Hear me roar." Okay, so back to the topic. Um, we we basically went through a lot of stuff. <laughs> shh, shh. Hey, my turn. Peanut gallery, hush it. Okay, we went through a lot of like situations to figure out all of the stuff that we know now about our children, and. Jackson was kind of the guinea pig, and we had to figure everything out with him. And then once we figured all of the information out that we figured out, and we learned over the course of, like, what, four or five years? Before we really got to to a point where we were comfortable and he was comfortable with, like, the way that he had to learn things and, like, the way that we had to learn how to teach him stuff. And now, now that we have Joe... And I feel like Journey sometimes she she displays certain things, but not yeah. as much, not as extensive as as the thing. other two. Jackson now like his one of his biggest things is he has um he has fixations. Yeah. And the fixations that he has are take the baby. Open your mouth. Listen, take it. There we go. Thank you. All right, here, give me this. I'm done. Okay. So, fixations. Um, sorry, I had to just put Jara kind of down for for a bed. Um, fixations. One of his biggest fixations right at the moment is he likes to play with his yo-yo. That's a big thing. 
and at the at certain points of his life he would pick up a new fixation mm-hmm. and then he would just run with it and it would be everything that he wanted to do day in day out day oh, and he has a night new one today. He has a new one. T- oh shoot, he's learning Spanish. Good Lord Jesus. I Duolingo. Duolingo. He's, he's Duolingo learning a new language day. because that's that's, that's what he wants to do right at this moment. Um so uh a while back it was Rubik's Cubes. Yep. He knew everything about Rubik's Cubes. You couldn't tell him nothing because he literally would teach you about Rubik's Cubes. He learned how to do it. He learned how to master it. And then he studied it. Mm -hmm. He knows the origin. He knows different (laughs) types of cubes. He knows the functions of certain cubes. He knows all the best cubers. All the best cubers. He's studied how to cube. He's studied ways to cube faster. And... It just goes to show how intelligent, yeah. neurodivergent yeah. kids are. So intelligent that we... We don't even fathom how smart they could be. Well, and we chose to homeschool them, and I can't keep up with him. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's like way ahead of everyone that's in his age range as far as yeah. schooling is Very concerned. Ahead. Certain types of things involving school don't challenge him at all no he gets so bored so easily we had to figure it out and then we had to alter his learning process and give him more challenging work so that he actually had a challenge at all because he he was just so far ahead of everyone else that the stuff that his age range is learning he's already well he skipped a grade that's what we've did he just skip one yeah, I've. I thought I've he made skipped him a couple. Sk- no, I made him skip a grade. That's what I made him do. So because yeah. the whole grade that he was trying to do just was it was just too too easy. Yeah, and we kind of have been implementing things ever since he was really little, uh, as far yeah, as his schooling read, is concerned. Let's see, he could read. He knew all of his letters by two and could write his name at three. Shout out to homeschooling. A lot of kids don't even know anything until like at least five or six. Because that's about the time that most kids get into kindergarten where they start teaching. Yeah. Learning and your letters and read, learning how to read and like write. Four. I think he, was, yeah. he started reading at four. He knocked it all out before yeah, he was very, very quick anybody was like even looking at it good. Like, oh, he can read? Oh, he knows all his letters? He knows them? Like legitimately yeah. knows him like you show him a letter he knew what it was he knew him so homeschooling definitely has a big part to play in it because of the fact that working with those neurodivergent kids they learn at a different rate of mm-hmm. speed than just about everybody else their age I'm here I'm right here <laughs> hi baby shh go night night She's got her little snail. But, yeah, so neurodivergent kids are absolutely awesome in so many different ways. And even when they're not super awesome, like when they have, like, negative behaviors, they're still awesome because of the fact that they figured out a way to... Give her that baby again. I just <laughs> did. She had it, and then she spit it out. Shh. Hey, quit. Listen, we got four kids, so you get to... You're eventually going to hear our kids on our podcast. I mean, 
We live in an apartment with four kids, so this is this is what you get. She's like closing her mouth because she doesn't want to stop doing what she's doing, and she knows I'm putting her binky in her mouth. So it's like, Daddy, I'm going to talk. You going to hear me? So yeah, Uh, neurodivergent kids—they're—they're just so awesome. And even when they're displaying like negative behaviors, they're still being like they're going above and beyond a neurotypical kid's like bewilderment so to speak because Be they've wondering. literally that's yeah a word. That's, that's a word that's a good word thank you high five Excuse me. um you want to spell that b-e-w-o-n-d-e-r-m-e-n-t bewilderment yes look it up that's a Spelling google word it. that's a that's a that's a big word so you just, um, you just won the third grade spelling bee. Congratulations. Thank you. Gold stars. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, even when they're displaying negative behaviors, they have literally, in their mind, figured out a way to get the attention that they're trying to get. Even though it's a negative behavior, mm-hmm. it's still, like, it still gets them attention so that they can either get what they want or they can get to a point where they're getting something that they like, kind of. Like, there were... there were. Um, I was a therapist for um, a company and um, I was working with kids with autism. And even... I actually did this a few times. I was working with a different company um, and in a different setting at a different job. And I was also working with kids with autism there as well. So I've actually had a couple of jobs in my work history that were along the lines of working with children, teenagers, and in certain situation, young adults that had certain types of mental issues. Um, I've worked with MRDD. I've worked with autistic. I've worked with, um, just about you name it I've worked with them and when I was um, working specifically with kids with autism I learned how to figure out certain types of behaviors that they would have and then how to address those behaviors and then also how to teach the children how to alter that behavior to where whoever they were working with understood what they wanted and they could get what they needed or what they wanted at that moment. So my work history also was being implemented into our homeschooling Mm -hmm. and just our upbringing of our children because of the fact that once we found out and got their diagnosis for autism, we already had like, like, uh, uh, utility belt full of well, we don't stuff have we a diagnosis use. for Joe, and I right, will say because we didn't go to get it because we know how to deal with it now. I will say I won't be getting one for Joe just to kind of preface that I I don't believe that that's something that we'll do. Maybe one day mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's just we have the tools. Yeah, and I just don't really want to put her through that, and so I know it can what be really trying for now. kids. Um, I know how to. I know what she needs, and so, mm-hmm. um, and maybe we'll change our mind on that eventually. But we'll see. That'll probably as be of another, now, um, another episode for another time. And I will say, part of that is probably 
It's stressful. Probably, if I'm being transparent, part of that probably has to do with my trauma, and mm-hmm. I don't want anybody alone with my daughter. Right, and that's okay. But certain places, um, they like when we got Jackson, um, his diagnosis for autism. There were times where he would have to be like in a room with like either a doctor or a behavioral therapist or clinician, and they would have to do tests on him. And sometimes the parents weren't allowed to be in the room because of the fact that they didn't want the parents to alter the reaction that they got out of the child in any way and sometimes when when your children are neurodivergent and you like you are in the room with them or you're around them they know that if they do a certain thing or they act a certain way they're going to get a certain response out of you being their parent that if they weren't around you their reaction to whatever trigger that was being either implemented or um, that was being used for uh, whatever specialist they were working with to get a response out of them that would display neurodivergent activity, it wouldn't be there because of the fact that the parent would be around them and they wouldn't act in a normal way for them. So in a neurodivergent way for that specific child. So we would have to let him go with people that we didn't know in a room by themselves so that they could test him out and see, you know, how he reacted to certain types of triggers and Mm -hmm. certain types of um, like loud noises. And like uh, sometimes they would have them work with other kids and see how they worked in like a, a... Group setting. Group setting and and different things like that. And then we wouldn't be able to be allowed in the rooms and we would have to wait in a waiting room and wait for them to be done. But by them doing that, they saw his, like, reaction to certain Mm -hmm. types of triggers and they could test it. And, like, there's, like, a list of of, um, behaviors that neurodivergent children display when being triggered in certain situations that lean more towards neurodivergent than neurotypical. Mm -hmm. And we found all of this out, trial and error. We went through it. And then he got his diagnosis. Now, Britt actually went to school for, what was it, early childhood development? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that she learned about this as well. So not only did we have the information that I learned from being a therapist for kids with autism, but we also had Britt that um, learned all of the things about early childhood development also. So another utility belt. We out here being superheroes. With that, I went, I was also, I worked in early childhood development for a very long time. And then I was taking Mm, extra classes um, for autism Mm -hmm. and delays because, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know that God was setting me up for that. Look at God. Because at the time I didn't know Jackson was autistic, but my brother, um, I was raised in a home when my brother was autistic. My biological father is autistic and there's other autism in, within my family. And so I didn't realize, and, and so autism has always been something that has intrigued me, but I didn't realize that it was something because of the intrigue that I had and because it was in my home as a child 
And so of that intrigue, I guess, I then went and studied it more in college. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that that was God setting me up for the family I was going to have. Mm -hmm. And so now that we have the tools and he went to, he worked in this setting and mm -hmm. I went to school for this. We now have the tools together to say, okay, we know what to do together to help our kids thrive. And you know what? I, I just thought about something. <coughs> Excuse so me. like, uh, we do children's ministry at our current church mm -hmm. and we, it's funny how God guides your steps, even though you don't know what you're doing. Because yeah. we basically were winging it. And we figured out, oh, well, I'll just do this. And then I'll just do that. And then God was like, okay, so I'm setting you up here, here, mm -hmm. here, here, and here. And steps. you're going to be doing this in your future, but you don't even know it yet. Yeah. But I got this lined up for you. Yeah. And bam, that's what we're doing now. So we're working with kids. And... I feel like we're qualified to do it because of the fact that we've gone through all these different types of training sessions and mm -hmm. learned all of this information about working with kids and young kids, older kids, teenagers. We literally have like covered. Yes, baby, I'm here. I'm right here. We we learned all of this information because God wanted us to be in this, the situations that we're in. And he wanted us to be well-equipped for those situations. So everything lined up. Wow, I'm feeling the spirit right now. The, we, we're, we were set up by God to do the things that we're doing now. And we started the training so many years ago. That's how God works. God will put you in a position and make sure that you have all of the tools necessary to be able to thrive in that situation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't really realize it, but once you're aligned and you're doing what God wants you to mm -hmm. do, you don't have to worry about like whether or not you're going to be equipped to do a specific job. God's going to make sure you are and you'll just realize it and it'll just click and you'll be like, wow. Wow, I took all of this training and I've mm -hmm. done all of these things. So now it's just second nature. And it's so easy. <clears throat> what is the saying? He qualif he qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. Mm. Like I said, Boy, that'll preach. Right. Yeah. That'll yeah. preach. Yup. But it's true. Yeah. So, like, he set us up for this yeah. years, and, and years another and years thing, ago. since you brought that up, what's so crazy is... You know, God ordered our steps, and this is a whole other part of our testimony, which mm -hmm. we will talk about one day, like yeah, how God up. brought us into where we are now, into our position that we're in now. But um, it just goes along with what we're talking about. The first night that we walked into our position, there was a little boy there, four years old, who has autism. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I was in tears because he... Um, just really struggled while he was I mean he was I guess in past times has struggled there because he doesn't um there is it's he just verbal? he wasn't nonverbal no, no he, he wasn't nonverbal okay. okay um he wasn't one time but I believe that he's not super nonverbal now anyway, yeah he does he, um, he talks but it's it's very few and far between yeah he doesn't really have he a lot really of struggled things to say there with uh behavior wise and mm -hmm. overwhelm and mm -hmm. all those things and um I had just met his I've just this is our first week there it was a Wednesday night and we're just getting acclimated yep. and he 
was kind of struggling and I was just drawn to him and so I just started I would just like I was buddy buddy with him and I got down on his level and I was like me and him are just gonna be friends and I did everything with him wherever he went I went also and we did all the activities together and we hung out the whole time and he and, had a blast and he, he did had and so he was so fun. involved and I um was friends I ended up getting like his mom's you got her contact info didn't you yes and so yeah. she found me on facebook and she messaged me and she said i went home in tears that night because no one has um paid attention to my son the way that you did and that was just confirmation See, look at god it was look just confirmation god. that like yep. this is where we're supposed to be yep. because of that little boy right there mm-hmm. like god ordered our steps even mm-hmm. more set up our family for this reason and even so, you know, set up all these things in our life even more for this little boy, too. Yeah. And so I just, you know, God is just so good. And, like, I'm just so thankful that he orders our steps and He's does the things God. that he has done in our lives. And I'm thankful for our kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for all of their quirks and who they mm-hmm. are. And I'm thankful for the lives that they're going to live and yeah. what God has called them <clears throat> to be and... It doesn't matter what diagnoses they may come up with mm-hmm. or what they may have. It doesn't matter. Like, they're called. Yeah. Just like we've been called, yeah. our kids are also called, and I know that. And so I'm just really excited to see what our kids end up doing, too, mm-hmm. regardless of what the world may label them as. You know, the world labels me as things, too. And we're still doing things for the kingdom. So mm-hmm. I'm just really excited to see what God does, like, the heart that my son has for Jesus, I have not seen an 11-year-old boy before in my life. Never. 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 Like, he loves the Lord so much. So much. I mean, he And he shows it. It's not just like... Jesus. It's not just that he, like, he, you know, he's, he's a worshiper and a believer. He shows it. He's already done, like, little video sermons with with the pastor he's right yeah he's writing sermons and like he uses the things that he's interested in at the time to be able to preach to people yeah he led his friend to the lord they went by himself they went and played basketball together and he's playing christian music and, and his friend like, started liking it. His friend was like feeling this music. And he was like, you ever heard of Christian music before? And he's like, no. What's Christian? What's Christian music? So Jackson started talking about Christian music and then says, well, you ever heard about Jesus? And just sat there in the court and prayed for him. Yep. And led him to Jesus. Did the sinner's prayer with him. Did the sinner's prayer right in the court. And that's my boy, yep. man. I call him little preach. Because he likes to, he likes to preach. Eleven years old, and he is sold out to the Lord. And that, I mean, make me like the children, Jesus. Yeah. So you know, I have Child no like, like faith. Neurodivergent is just a word. <clears throat> you know, like it's a it worldly not, label. It does not put limits on my children, and I'm just, I'm so excited to see what God does mm-hmm. for my kids. So stay tuned, because you're going to see it. You're definitely yeah. going to hear about it. So I know that we have rambled for the last 43 minutes. but No, we didn't ramble for the last <laughs> 43 minutes. We rambled for the last, like, three. 
Because the majority of the time that we've been talking about this, we've been, like, putting them on and giving them a whole bunch of information and kind of letting them into our lives. Yeah. So, that part wasn't rambling. Now, this part is definitely rambling. <laughs> so, yeah. It, We're not listen, rambling. it's late. We're recording this for y'all at, like, almost 3 in the morning. Oh, yeah, it is 3 in the morning. It is exactly 3 in the morning. <laughs> Excuse me. I stand corrected. So, um, so yeah, we just we just want to let you guys know that, like, just because of the fact that the world labels you a specific way, yeah. it doesn't mean that that's what God wants you to be. Yeah. So trust in the Lord. Make sure you stay prayed up. Make sure you have that yeah. direct covenant with Jesus. And like, he's going to put you in position and he's going to equip you so much more than what you and your your fleshly body is going to think that you're going to be equipped for. Yeah, that's good. And you're going to do things for God and like, it's going to blow your mind and it's going to blow the minds around you. That's good. That's so good. You yeah. said, you said, say that again. You said. I can't even remember. Stop I'm tired, man. It's three in the morning. I know, but you said. <laughs> this is a sacrifice. Label? We love y'all. We do, man. You said the label. <clears throat> the the label that the world you. puts on you is not the label that God is basically giving you yeah like, like don't like okay don't be limited don't limit yourself to the label that people put on you that is mm-hmm. so good because i feel like so many times it's so easy for us to feel like or or yeah to feel like well this is what i've been labeled or this mm-hmm. is a diagnosis that i've been given god is so much bigger than that mm-hmm. and he's called you to so much more than that so don't believe that this is all that you can be just because this is what the world says that you're going to be like believe that you can be more and that you are more like god says that you are more god says that you are so much more than that that's just a small part of your testimony and your testimony ain't over until you are done yeah and in the dirt so like don't think that like what you're doing right now or some type of setback or like stigmatism or something that that you're dealing with right at this moment is your final call that's just a part of the story it's a piece of the puzzle the puzzle's not finished being put together yet you ain't even smacked the mod podge on there preach (laughs) you you just it's it's a step but you're not done going up that staircase you're not finished it's good so, yeah, keep that in consideration and, and keep it in mind and just know that God's not over with you yet. God's not done. He ain't done. He ain't done. I ain't done. Shout out Jackson. That's one of his favorite uh, songs right there. He likes it. He likes Andy Minio. We're going to start talking about music, too. I'm going to get him on the podcast and we're going we're gonna to discuss some things. I know. He asks, like, like, every night. Can I be a feature? Please. Can I be a feature? Can I be a guest? I'm going to get him on here. Can I be a guest on, on your podcast, please? And we're going to discuss some stuff that, that he likes and that we like. And uh, it's going to be dope. And you guys are going to love dope. it. All right, y'all. I'm going to bed. Bro. I love y'all. Same. I love y'all. Love y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us Heart at 3 a.m. You Heart won't emojis. be listening to this at 3 a.m., but you know. We're going to be recording it at 3 a.m. Listen, we record it anytime. It don't matter. We do this for y'all. We do this for y'all. We do it for the gang. <laughs> <laughs> and she calls me hood. Good Lord. Listen. This is surviving the hood. What do you I expect? So. We ain't throwing up gang signs. We do it for the gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> we putting that on a t-shirt. We do it yeah. for the gang. 
Mm. Do it for the gang. Listen, I'm going to put her to bed. I'm sorry. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Took me in. I'm out. Peace out, Girl Scout. We're doing for the gang. Oh, my Lord. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.